Book 8, Chapters 6 through 10 of Of the Love of God by St. Francis de Sales. Translated by H. L. Sidney Lear. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Book 8 The Love of Conformity, by which we unite our will to that of God, as signified to us by His commandments, counsels, and inspirations chapter six conformity of our will to that which god has signified by his counsels god's law expresses a stringent will on his part who makes it while his counsels do but represent his wish the first is binding the latter only incites compliance those who break the commandments are guilty those who neglect god's counsels do but fail to win all the favor which is within their reach the first deserve condemnation the last decrease the recompense awaiting them there is a difference between command and recommendation command implies authority to enforce recommendation friendship which incites and stimulates the one constrains the other merely urges to that which is preferable we obey a command we heed a counsel we follow a counsel in order to please we obey a command for fear of displeasing and so the love of complacency which leads us to please the beloved one also leads us to follow his counsels and the love of benevolence which requires all wills and affections to be subject to him leads us to will not merely his law but that which he teaches and counsels just as a dutiful son seeks to comply not only with his father's literal orders but with his wishes and likings counsel is given for the benefit of him who receives it and for his perfection if thou wilt be perfect our saviour said sell that thou hast and give it to the poor and come and follow me matthew chapter nineteen verse twenty one but the loving heart does not dwell chiefly on its own advantage but rather on the wish of him who counsels and thus it seeks to discover god's mind therein and he does not give his counsels to all alike but they are diverse according to person time place and capacity as the law of charity dictates for charity the queen of all virtues commandments and counsels disposes them together with all christian graces according to need for instance when parents need their children to support or tend them, it is not the time to follow the counsel of retiring from the world, since charity bids a man rather to obey the commandment, Honor thy father and mother. A prince, on whose posterity his counsel depends for good and lawful government, may not seek a life of celibacy. He who is in fragile health needing care and comfort has no right to seek voluntary poverty 
neither is it lawful for the father of a family to sell all he has and leave wife and children unprovided for counsels of perfection are given to christians but not all to every christian circumstances make them impossible useless or even harmful to certain persons as our lord has taught us in the words he that is able to receive it let him receive it matthew chapter nineteen verse twelve all the counsels of perfection are clearly not available to all men though they may be a measure and standard to judge by charity moves some to poverty and deters others it inclines some to marriage others to continence it sends one to the cloister another to the world it is not bound to give account to any for it has full power over the christian law it can do all things if any one questions this it may answer the lord hath need of him for whatever is done of charity is done for god all things serve charity and it only serves its beloved and that is a bride not a slave charity is as the sacred river which waters the church's soil and while it is colorless like all pure water it brings forth many colored flowers the rose-red martyr the virgin lily the deep violet of mortification the pale gold of the heart's ease thus turning all counsels to the perfection of those souls which are so blessed as to live beneath its influence chapter seven how love for god's will as signified in his commandments leads us to love for his counsels verily god's will is to be desired beyond all things being as it is the law of very love itself the hebrews use the word peace as summing up all blessings and being felicity itself even as david says great is the peace that they have who love thy law and they are not offended at it psalm 119 verse 165 assuredly he who was a man after god's own heart entered so thoroughly into the perfection of the divine law that he could say with the fullest meaning my delight is in thy commandments when the bride of the canticles seeks to describe the exquisite perfumes of her bridegroom she says the savour of thy good ointment is as ointment poured forth that is thou art so holy sweetness that thou mayest rather be called perfume itself than perfumed so the soul which loves god is so transformed into his will that it may more aptly be called his will than merely subject to that will the prophet isaiah says of the church that it shall be called by a new name which the mouth of the lord shall name and again for the lord delighteth in thee as though to show that they who are not christians follow their own will but the true children of christ renounce their will and are subject only to his sovereign will 
which rules over all the one characteristic of christians being that their will is merged in that of god isaiah's words were fulfilled in the primitive church when as saint luke says the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one mind not meaning thereby the bodily heart or the spirit which moves it with mere earthly life but that heart and mind which are the principle of one supernatural life which is neither more nor less than the will of god in his pleasure is life the psalmist says psalm thirty verse five not merely because our temporal life depends upon his divine will but because our spiritual life hangs upon its fulfillment through which god lives and reigns in us enabling us to live in him but the sinner of old time has cast off the yoke of the lord saying i will not serve so that god says through isaiah thou wast called a transgressor from the womb isaiah chapter forty eight verse eight and again thy heart is lifted up and thou hast set thine heart as the heart of god ezekiel chapter twenty eight verse two for the rebellious mind seeks to be independent and as a god to itself such a one will not have god to reign over him yet surely we came into this world not to do our will but that of him that sent us even as the saviour himself fulfilled the father's will from the first moment of his incarnation in the volume of the book it is written of me that i should fulfill thy will o my god yea thy law is within my heart psalm forty verse ten and when any man loves god's will intensely he is not content merely to obey it as signified in the commandments but he strives to follow those counsels which as saint thomas says are given us for the more perfect observance of the original law of god he who voluntarily renounces lawful indulgences is not likely to seek forbidden pleasures and he who embraces voluntary poverty is in little danger of coveting other men's goods while he who readily submits his will to human authority the better to serve god will scarcely persist in following his own will rather than god's we read of king david when he was fighting with the philistines who held bethlehem that he exclaimed longingly oh that one would give me drink of the water of the well of bethlehem which is by the gate to samuel chapter twenty three verse fifteen forthwith three mighty men broke through the host of the philistines drew the water and brought it to the king who seeing how they had brought it through jeopardy of their lives would not drink thereof but poured it out unto the lord worthy warriors devoted to the service of their prince they gladly braved the extremest peril to satisfy a mere passing wish and our lord has given certain counsels 
such as poverty, widowhood, self-renunciation, and the like, to which what he said of perpetual virginity assuredly applies, that they who are able should receive them. And at the mere utterance of his wish, many brave Christian warriors have started forth, and boldly facing all difficulties, have attained the crown of eternal glory by their devoted perseverance in obeying their master's wish. David tells us that God does not merely hear the desire of his faithful servants, but he furthers their merest wish. Thou preparest their heart. Psalm 10, verse 19. So ready is he to forward the will of those that love him. Does it not beseem us on our part to be so jealously eager to fulfill his holy will as not to rest content with keeping his bare commandments, but to study his every wish? A generous soul requires no greater stimulus to action than a knowledge of the wish of its beloved. My soul failed, went forth, when my beloved spake. Canticle chapter 5 verse 6 Chapter 8 Contempt for the Evangelic Councils is a Great Sin No one can question that we are bound to seek after perfection if he will study the urgent, loving words with which our Lord has set it before us, Be ye perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Matthew chapter 5 verse 48 Ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44 He that is holy, let him be holy still. Revelation chapter 22 verse 11 St. Bernard says, The righteous man is never satisfied. He forever hungers and thirsts after righteousness. In temporal matters he is never satisfied who is not content with a sufficiency, for what can satisfy endless cravings? But in things spiritual, he who is satisfied with what he has, has not enough, nor is any sufficiency satisfying, because the very craving for more is an essential part of an abundance of spiritual wealth. In the creation, God bade the earth bring forth the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself. And experience teaches us that the vegetable creation does not attain maturity or perfection until it bears seed for the reproduction of kind, nor does virtue ever attain to fullness or perfection until it produces the desire of progress and advancement in righteousness. The spiritual ground of man's heart is bidden to bring forth herbs yielding the fruit of good works, each after its kind, and the seeds of good desires and intentions must ripen and fructify. The virtue which bears no such seed is immature and profitless. How now? St. Bernard says to the slothful, Thou wilt not go on towards perfection, neither wilt thou fall backwards. What then? Wouldst thou remain stationary? 
neither better nor worse verily you ask that which cannot be nothing in this world abides unchanged and of man especially it is written that he continueth not job chapter fourteen verse two needs must be that he go onwards or that he fall away st bernard says not neither would i say that not to follow the counsels is sin as indeed the very difference between commandment and counsel is that the first constrains while the latter only invites nevertheless it is sin to neglect christian perfection or our lord's call hitherto still more to despise those means which he points out as the way to attain it it were a grievous error to say that our lord's counsels were not good it were blasphemy to say like the wicked to god depart from us for we desire not the knowledge of thy ways job chapter twenty one verse fourteen but it is also a fearful irreverence to reply to his loving call that we care not for holiness nor desire to follow his counsels nor to advance towards perfection not to comply with these counsels is not in itself sin as for instance he who has not courage to sell all and give to the poor he who has not strength of will to abstain from marriage or who loves someone too well to do so these men sin not but he who deliberately rejects all christ's counsels who rejects them as unprofitable or worthless not because he is personally moved to some other course in any special matter but out of contempt that man despises christ among men it is possible to despise advice without despising the giver because all men are liable to err but no one can reject or despise god's counsel save from contempt of the giver which is blasphemy as though he were not all wise and all good neither can the precepts of the church be lightly despised because the church is guided and governed by the holy spirit who guides it into all truth chapter nine all men can respect if all cannot follow the evangelic counsels and each man ought to follow them so far as he is able while then every christian neither can nor ought to be bound by all the counsels every one is bound to respect them all there may be many things good and excellent in themselves although not adapted to every one you would not question the sweetness of a perfume because it chanced to be unacceptable to you who have a headache or the richness of a garment of cloth of gold because it does not become you or the value of a ring which does not fit your finger even so let us admire and prize all our lord's counsels to men for he is the one true and mighty counsellor and as solomon says ointment and perfume rejoice the heart so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel proverbs chapter twenty seven verse nine 
what a friend what counsels have we in christ truly his word is sweeter than the honeycomb it giveth light and understanding to the simple again when we see others rising up to the counsels which are above us we should further them in all possible ways whether by practical help or by prayer for charity bids us seek not our own welfare only but that of our neighbor the best proof of our respect for all christ's counsels is a devout observance of those which are suitable to ourselves for just as he who holds one article of faith because god has revealed and taught it through his church cannot reject the other like articles or as he who observes one commandment out of love to god will observe the rest as occasion offers so he who loves and venerates any one evangelic counsel because god has given it will assuredly love and venerate all the others which come equally from god no one can follow all the counsels at once but we may live in continual practice of one or other for god has purposely made them numerous and diversified and the willing heart will find daily opportunity for practicing one or another you who contemplate the religious life does charity require you to remain at home and minister to your parents do so in a loving spirit while cherishing the thought of your self-devotion when your filial mission shall no longer claim you or you whose vocation is married life live therein in all purity and honor when you cannot do everything do what you can heartily you may not be bound to seek reconciliation with one who has sinned against you it may be rather his part to seek you yet nevertheless remember the saviour's counsel and render him good for evil heap coals of fire on his head in love burning up all ill-will and constraining love you may not be bound to give to all the needy whom you meet nevertheless follow your saviour's precept and as far as possible relieve the wants of all who come across you you are not bound to take any vows upon you but if there be any specially calculated to forward your soul's progress as advised by your spiritual guide do not hesitate you are free to use wine within the limits of temperance but bear in mind st paul's counsel to timothy and take no more than is requisite for health there are different degrees of perfection even in the councils for example lending to the poor is one step in almsgiving it is a higher step to give higher yet to give all a man has and the highest of all is when he gives himself to their service hospitality is counsel to receive strangers is one step thereof to go and seek them like abraham is higher and to devote oneself to a life of hardship and peril amid perpetual snow and tempest as our countryman st bernard de menthon did 
living upon the mountainside to succor the traveller is the highest form of hospitality visiting the sick who are not in extreme necessity is a counsel better still is it to minister to them while to devote one's life to their service like the hospitallers or sisters of charity is highest of all whatsoever ye have done unto the least of these ye have done it unto me all virtues are elastic and generally speaking we are not bound to strain them to the utmost enough if we go so far as we are able but those who can carry them to the highest perfection follow christ's counsels it may be that there are rare occasions when some extraordinary effort is necessary for a man to keep hold of god's grace as for example the sentinel at sebast who beholding how one of the forty prisoners about to suffer fell away from his martyr's crown hastened voluntarily himself to take the place and so filled up the ranks of the lord's true soldiers or saint aldactus who seeing saint felix led to martyrdom cried out of his own accord i am a christian even as he and embracing the martyr he went forth with him and shared his death many early martyrs did the like and when it was perfectly justifiable to avoid death they nobly chose to suffer through exceeding love martyrdom when the only alternative is denial of the faith is truly a very admirable and worthy token of love and strength yet we must grant that there is more generosity and heroism in a voluntary martyrdom for love's sake and there is no way whereby we can so closely imitate our dear lord as by heroic acts of virtue all his graces being as st thomas says heroic from the moment of his conception and even higher than heroic inasmuch as he was not man but god chapter ten how to conform to god's will as signified by inspiration and of the various means by which god so inspires us as the sun's rays give light and heat simultaneously so the heavenly rays of inspiration not only light our path and make it plain but kindle vigor in our heart to follow on all nature is benumbed by the winter's cold but the first return of vernal warmth restores life and motion to the world the birds sing and vegetation bursts forth so without the help of inspiration our souls would remain passive and dull but so soon as these heavenly rays touch us we feel light and warmth which rouse the will kindle the understanding and give us strength to seek and to do that which is profitable to salvation the lord god formed man of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul genesis chapter two verse seven that is a soul which imparted life movement and action to the body 
this same eternal god breathes the breath of eternal life into our souls so that as saint paul says we gain a quickening spirit 1 corinthians chapter 15 verse 45 that is a spirit which enables us to live move and act according to grace so that he who first gave us being gives us likewise our spiritual being the breath of man has had power to animate witness the shonamite's child whose flesh waxed warm when the prophet elisha breathed upon it two kings chapter four verse thirty four but the breath of god not merely animates it gives perfect light for the spirit of god is very light itself whose life-giving breath we call inspiration and it is by this spirit that he breathes into our soul his own gracious desires and intentions various are the ways by which he inspires men external objects were made channels of inspiration to saint antony saint francis saint anselm and many others one ordinary means is by preaching but as there are often those who do not profit by the word sorrow and reproof beget understanding proverbs chapter fifteen verse thirty two saint mary of egypt was inspired by the sight of a picture of our lady saint antony by hearing the gospel read at the altar francis borgia duke of candia by seeing the dead body of the empress saint pacomius by a work of charity saint ignatius loyola by the lives of the saints saint cyprian not of carthage by the devil's confession that he could not touch a soul which trusted in god when i was a lad in paris two students one was a heretic had been spending the night in drinking when suddenly the bells rang out for matins from the carthusian convent in the faubourg saint jacques and talking about it together how different the heretic exclaimed such a life from ours as wide apart as angels and brutes the next day he visited the church and was so struck with the sight of the fathers motionless as statues in their stalls absorbed in devotion that he resolved then and there to become a member of the church of christ a resolution which he did not fail to carry out thrice blessed they whose hearts are ever open to god's holy inspirations they will never lack all such as are needful for their guidance and perseverance just as god gives every animal in the order of nature such instincts as are necessary for its preservation so in the spiritual life he gives to all who resist not his grace such inspiration as is requisite thereto remember the faithful eleazar how he prayed behold i stand here by the well of water and the daughters of the men of the city come out to draw water let it come to pass that the damsel to whom i shall say let down thy pitcher i pray thee that i may drink 
and she shall say drink and i will give thy camels drink also let the same be she that thou hast appointed for thy servant isaac genesis chapter twenty four verses thirteen and fourteen eliezer asked only for water for himself but rebecca inspired of god offered to water the camels also and thus she became isaac's bride and ancestress of our saviour verily those souls which do not rest content with doing that which their heavenly bridegroom requires of them but are quick to obey his every inspiration these are they which the lord chooses to be the brides of his beloved son and forasmuch as eliezer was unable of himself to discern which maiden was destined for his master's son god made it known to him by inspiration when we know not what to do and human counsel fails to relieve our perplexity then god will inspire us and if we obey him in all humility he will not suffer us to go astray i have spoken still more fully concerning inspirations in the devout life and need say no more now end of book eight chapter ten